0: What looked like a pretty good Week 15 on the NFL schedule turned out to be a fantastically amazing Week 15 on the (laughs) NFL schedule. We've got comebacks, we've got clinches, we've got playoff implications, tons to get to on today's Peacock and Williams.
1: NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked NFL. Where were you, Matt, when the greatest comeback in NFL history happened? I was at the park with my son because as it that happens, I told this story on Lockdown 49ers. Um, so any listeners that listen to that show as well might remember this story. But. Saturdays are family day for me for the most part. So now we get, and I love that there's Saturday football games, but you know, more work to do on Saturdays. And so you find an opportunity to get out of the house and not watch football. Then you do so 33, nothing at halftime of the the first game is, is the perfect opportunity. So (laughs) I'm at the park with my son, get back in the car at the end to drive home. And I hear Dalvin cook. He's still going touchdown. And the game is tied. (laughs) Like, what the hell are you talking about the game is tied? It was thirty three to nothing. And so, um, just an amazing comeback, a phenomenal comeback to really uh, highlight two days of of really fantastic games that could have been that were better than we could have imagined. We'll get to all well, the all the best ones at least on today's
1: show. Yeah, I mean, we have so much to talk about and to digest into one show. We only have four shows this week because of the holidays. Um, it was really an amazing week of football, you know, starting with, I mean, Thursday night seems like a million years ago, but those three Saturday games, where was I for this? <laughs> Pretty much the same place I spent the entire weekend. That's in my lazy boy or sitting there with my lazy boy, laptop on my lap, Larry to my left, my son, Michael to my right for back-to-back triple headers, which is a lot. <laughs> it yes. was a lot, but it was very entertaining.
0: Fantastic game. So is Kyle Shanahan off the hook? Because Matt Ryan is the one that is now, Lost ah. the 28-3 game and Always now lost the 33 nothing game.
1: <laughs> I mean, a lot to take away from this game. I mean, you would think, wow, they came back from the 33 nothing halftime deficit. Boy, they, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor, who didn't hardly play at all. Or the Colts must have had a million turnovers like Tampa did in the second half, you know, to give a game away. Not really. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of penalties and there was a lot of second half defensive or offensive ineptitude by Indianapolis. But you would think a 33-point lead would be safe, you know, especially seven sacks on the day for Indy. Like, they did good things. You can't blame Taylor or uh, some of the other, you know, type of things. It's just Minnesota roared back with K.J. Osborne. And, of course, Justin Jefferson is just a fixture. Yeah. Kirk Cousins throws for 460. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah,
0: unbelievable. Uh yeah. The, the first half to second half for Kirk Cousins' numbers. It was he was negative fantasy points in the first half, and then 40-something really? fantasy points. Um, uh a lot of field goals, a lot of settling for field goals for the Colts offense, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was even a, an interception by the Vikings in the in the second half that ended up not hurting him. So, like there were so many opportunities for the Colts to put it away. There was the uh, I think a lot of people are pointing to the officiating, which wasn't great, which also allowed it to happen. It was just like a perfect combination of the Colts screwing up just enough, the Vikings doing just enough great things, a couple of calls here and there, a couple of bounces here and there, and just an unbelievable comeback there. It's something that that shouldn't really happen, and it sounds like you know Patrick Peterson and some of the players on the the. He's one of the coaches. I can't remember which coach it was, but and I guess maybe it's this way on every sideline, and and I think guys are kind of just out of their minds what they think they can do sometimes but it sounds like at halftime the the Vikings were like yeah look we're gonna score five touchdowns and win the game and that's what they're saying to each other and I right, guess it's right. probably always what's happening but uh it, know, it brings
1: it up when it doesn't happen
0: yeah exactly <laughs> I,
1: I don't have much more to take away from it I mean in a way it kind of a cap I can't say that word the, the Viking season in that and I'm not taking anything away from them. I think this is a great Bonding moment for the Vikes, and frankly, it makes me think that they could be a contender more than I did before, just because of the the mental side of it. Wow, we overcame this. Maybe we can go to Philly and win, yeah. or you know what I mean. I think that that's a great confidence thing for the t- entire organization. But what I meant before was any little thing, you know, like you mentioned, like uh, such a series of events has to happen for this to even be possible. One bounce difference, and it doesn't happen no matter how well you play. But that's how the Viking season's been. You know, they're 11-3, and three, and nine out of ten bounces that could go one way or another went Minnesota's way this year.
0: I guess we should have known at 33 nothing that the Vikings were going to come back because the Vikings only play one-score games. And so is that a, right, right, right. a feature or a bug in this Vikings team? I guess that's what we'll find out in the playoffs. But they keep playing close games, and
1: they keep winning these close games. Got to give them credit. I mean, this was a miraculous comeback. It really was, and fun to watch. I, I mean, uh, about halfway through the comeback, I started th- thinking, I'm like, eh, really? Could this possibly happen? No way. Um, yep, here it was. And it wasn't the only
0: comeback. It wasn't the only comeback no. Saturday. Let's let's skip to the, the night game, the prime okay. timer Saturday with the Dolphins and the Bills. 32-29 was the final with those Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen making some throws late. Four touchdown passes, 304 yards to bring the victory home for the Buffalo Bills,
1: yeah. I mean, weather was fun. <laughs> I mean, it was certainly a balls were being thrown, yeah, yeah. I mean, it came down harder and harder as the game went along. My big, I don't want to take any away from it. it's a big will. Big bills win. There's no question. But in a way, Miami showed me a lot here. I mean, I was really worried about Miami especially offense, not that there was this great blueprint that every team could replicate after their last two games, but I, I just thought when times are tough, this Dolphins team doesn't have a running game that they can lean on, and boy, did they ever, and 188 yards, Moster, your guy, you know, really looking good, and I thought Tua handled the weather just fine, you know, like, I don't, I think people got too down on him, but Buffalo's better, Allen's better, you know, they ran the ball effectively as well, I have a little bit of question about the Buffalo D though. And I have a lot of questions about the bills offense minus Allen and Diggs. you know? So, and again, this is comparing them to playoff teams, you know?
0: Right. Uh, and uh, speaking of playoff teams, the Buffalo Bills officially are one clinched the yeah, playoff spot, not quite able to quench, clinch the uh, AFC East yet. But that looks pretty imminent now with the three game lead on even the second place. Dolphins is the the, the other three teams and jockeying for position there between the Dolphins, Patriots and Jets, who we will talk about here. Uh, that's important in that division. And then where the Bills end up in the seeding in the AFC. But they will no doubt clinch that division. Uh, by the way, the Minnesota Vikings, congratulations to them for yeah, clinching right. the NFC North as well. With their victory, a couple of other playoff clinching games here, a couple of other comebacks to cover on this edition of Peacock and Williamson week 15. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working out for you, it's normal to feel maybe a little bit stuck. Uh, I've felt stuck at times and therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. Just checking in once a week is so important sometimes, making sure you're hitting those life goals that you need to. You know, learning a few skills here, learning a little bit about yourself and, and how to Unstick yourself is, is really what you're looking for. That's the payoff you're looking for when you go through some therapy and, and try to give yourself those skills to, to help yourself out so you're not relying on other people to unstick you. BetterHelp is connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, accessible anywhere, 100% online. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. It's really quick. They match you with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, super easy to switch to a different therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% with your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain, right, when you're hiring that you have the access to the best qualified candidates. So why not go to the massive network of LinkedIn? There's 800 million people on LinkedIn, and you can find the right person amongst those potential job seekers at LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's super simple. You just put your job on the purple hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile, to spread the word that you're hiring and then simple tools weed out the exact candidates you should be looking for and that you need and that you want to interview and hire screening screening questions, make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates. You want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Jets and lions, Matt that's next up on our list here, 2017 win for the lions over the jets. And I want to focus on the jets just for one second. Both these teams now seven and seven, the lions, um, I, I I can't get it out of my head. K- keep a roaring back in the season. People keep saying roaring, and that's like not out of my head. I think actually you said it on Friday. Yeah, you um, said they.
1: I forget what you said. They're storming back. I said, no, they're roaring back or no, whatever. It's,
0: what it's a roar. Didn't mean it's to, but yeah, roar here. And yeah, you start one and six, and then you go six and one. That means you're seven to seven, and, and the Lions are in the playoff hunt. And I think you said multiple times you'd probably rather play some of these other potential wildcard teams in the NFC than the Detroit Lions with the way they're playing. And It was a close game. It was a good game. Uh, Garrett Wilson couldn't quite get it done at the very end uh, because his brother from another mother, Zach Wilson, uh, fell a little bit short and he made a couple throws early in the game. You thought, okay, maybe this guy's going to figure it out uh, and then made some bad throws towards the end of the game and. whenever mike white can come back he's going to come back unfortunately for the jets it's a short week now thursday game for them uh it doesn't look like mike white's going to get cleared for that one so it's going to be zach wilson one more time for the jets next week they're in trouble at seven and seven the the lions feel like they're in a lot better spot though at seven and seven i guess just because of the directions they're heading to get there
1: yeah i mean i think it's just the they're both seven and seven they're kind of polar opposites in terms of where they sit playoff wise, just because the conference are in really to no fault or, you know, skill of their own. Um, I don't think the jets have necessarily cooled off, but the lions are roaring. That's no question about that. I-, I don't mean to like ignore the analysis of this game. And if you told me they lost, I'd have said, Oh, Zach Wilson killed him. Not really. I mean, he, he, I thought he played his best game in a while and, you know, wasn't terrible. I, I respected the Detroit pass rush though, which has come on in a big way. But when I say I want to ignore the analysis, like, I truly believe that in these circumstances with these quarterbacks, these players, if they played 100 times, they'd be 50-50. Like, this was a very even game.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It, it, it was a really even game, and it was yeah. a fun game. And that was it sort was. of the story of the weekend. It was like every every single game was fun. Uh, the Cowboys-Jaguars was another one, right?
1: Yeah, right. It's like yeah you know someone you know, has to win in the end
0: how always sometimes- blow this out is is Trevor Lawrence gonna have another good game is he gonna kind of go back and forth and have a really good game and then kind of have some hiccups and have another really good game and nope he had another really good game 318 yeah. passing yards four touchdowns in this one 27 and 42 like Lawrence uh Trevor Lawrence uh, has looked amazing recently and the Jaguars in overtime come back to beat those Cowboys got a 17 point lead at one point 40 to 34 we had talked mad about the cowboys having one of the best if not the best defense in the nfl they've given up 72 points over the last two games
1: yeah, they allowed 7.2 yards for play too i mean and that's a problem i mean the jags turned the ball over three times and still came back and won dallas had two as well but dallas controlled the football 35 minutes of time of possession they had substantial leads at several points in this game 21 to 7 at the half you know like i i've been praising lawrence he is very real he's here to stay he is going to be an elite quarterback he's not elite yet but he will be um travis Atien was tremendous in this game i don't know how you don't mention zay jones My buddy's so mad at me because he asked me for his, you know, should I start Zay Jones or Kenneth Walker? I'm like, Kenneth Walker, why are you even asking me that? And (laughs) so I got a lot of nasty texts from him yesterday. Yeah. But I felt like the Cowboys lost this game. You know, like you got to put this, put the team away and they're not quite showing that. And I'm blaming the defense a little bit more than the offense.
0: You know it's funny that you mentioned Zay Jones and he did have a really good game and he just keeps popping up like once a season has an amazing game then ends yeah. up on a new team and then has a one game. Uh, he's on his third NFL team already, I believe. Third, is he, he's on his fourth NFL team anyway? I mean, he's a talented guy, but he keeps kind of like, popping up and then being a part of a team and then not part of a team anymore. Um, but every single week, the Jaguars have a new leading receiver. And yeah, and I, good point testament to Trevor Lawrence as well, because he doesn't have that number one guy that you just feed, you know, one week it's Christian Kirk. Another week, it's Zay Jones. Another week, it's
1: uh, Evan Engram last week. Evan was Ingram crazy. With, right. 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 Last week. Right. Yeah. And so that is a um, great Testament to a young quarterback. It's yeah. not like I'm just feeding Randy Moss over and over. I mean, I'm yes. just, you know, I'm finding the open guys and the mismatches.
0: At six and eight, the Jaguars. I mean, this year it's
1: tough. And there is an opportunity there. Um, They're like the Lions for me in that, well, they're not roaring as much as the Lions as a big cat reference here, but um, they're meowing. They're (laughs) purring loudly, (laughs) clawing, but I want to see them win the division. I'd much rather watch them in the playoffs than the Titans.
0: Right. And they're not that
1: far off, right? We'll talk about the Titans
0: in a second, but they're only uh, one game out behind Yep. At six and eight, miraculously, the the Jaguars are not out of it, and they're playing some good football right now, and, and a fun team to watch, especially because of the way Trevor Lawrence is playing right now. You a little Absolutely. worried about the Cowboys getting into the tournament here with the way they're playing. They're still ten and four. They're five seed. That's that's pretty well locked up. Um, There was some thoughts. Ah, maybe you know if some things go a certain way. They could still win the East. That's not going to happen for the Cowboys. No. But are you worried about them heading into the tournament here a little bit?
1: A little bit. I mean, the defense has come back to earth a little. They seem to turn the ball over a little more than I expected, especially from Dak. But they have weapons. Um, This is going to sound harsh, but when you talk playoff football, the top eight teams in the league, I'm not sure McCarthy would be one of my highest picks in terms of coaches to get things right.
0: Yeah, unfortunately for McCarthy, there's too much talent on the Cowboys, so if anything goes bad, you blame McCarthy. If anything goes good, you blame the talent. (laughs)
1: Good point. Uh, I mean, also, I, they're going to the, be the five seed. They're going to beat the South team. After that, I have questions.
0: I have big questions about the New England Patriots and wow, yes, wow. the way this game ended against the. It's Los amazing Patriots. it took us
1: this long to even talk about this, considering <laughs> how great this week was.
0: Thirty to twenty-four, the final, the Raiders over the New England Patriots, and I will say that you can't blame coaching hundred percent on this one because this is not the play that bill Belichick thought was going to happen or wanted to happen. Uh, Jacoby uh, Myers after the game said, yeah, it's on me. We're supposed to just run the ball. And I thought I could make a play. I thought I saw something. Didn't see Chandler Jones. He's trying to go fumble Rooski throws the ball back, throws it back to the Raiders. Mac Jones cannot get the tackle gets stiff armed into the turf and the Raiders walk into the end zone for a game-winning touchdown just an unbelievable way to end it of all the endings this one the most miraculous the most just mind-blowing stunning game ender for the Raiders who beat the Patriots the Patriots now another one of those seven and seven teams vying for a wild card in the AFC the Raiders now back up to six and eight what a roller coaster that season's been in Las Vegas
1: yeah and uh, I just started digging into the Raiders because they come here Christmas Eve night for the uh, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So that could be it Could be a cool event in my hometown. It's just, the only Steelers will talk today. I'm sorry. But um, when this happened, I, I, my son and I are going crazy. I'm like, the, there's no way Belichick would have called the Stanford play, I'll call it. The throw no. it back until he just stay alive play. I mean, this they happened. Were
0: for, they were tied. Like They were tied. There, yeah. Right.
1: Because this – I mean, defensive touchdowns happen more than offensive touchdowns when you call this. I mean, no question. There's so much bad things that could happen. And then I thought, did Patricia call this and Bill didn't know? I mean, or is this just totally on the players? What's come out after, not that I ever trust anything that comes out of New England's building, is this was just all on the players. I can't even hardly believe that. I mean, maybe one pitch backwards, you know, from Ramondre – Would have made a little bit of sense. Try to make a big play, hook and ladder type thought. Not let's throw it across the field. And even if Mac Jones catches that ball, it's not like he can throw it again. What's is he going to run 80 yards? I mean, he runs like he's not going
0: to do anything with it. And there was players everywhere. It was just like, yeah, okay, let's go, let's go and and win this in overtime.
1: Yeah. And it was kind of funny to watch Chandler Jones just stiff arm him and run him over as if he was a a small child.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There was an opportunity (laughs) for him to tackle him there. Right. Uh, that was really funny. And you, what's crazy is it, for the Raiders to win this because they had to, uh, they had to, the, I mean, sorry. The Patriots had to come back with the early Raiders lead, too seventeen to three at halftime. So the Patriots got themselves in an opportunity to come all the way back because it was already a really good game. If you take that play out of it to tie it up to go to overtime, and then we've seen what happened there. So that was a huge blow for the Patriots, and we've seen a few games here. We'll talk about the Commanders as well, but seeing the breakdowns of percentages of okay, if you win this game, you're this percentage to get in the playoffs. If you lose this game, it's this percentage. And the Patriots dropped you know, from 80% to 20% chance of making the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And I think what's being overlooked here is everyone focuses on the last play, but this has been the case all year. And maybe going back to the decision of, do we really need an offensive coordinator? We'll make Patricia the offensive coordinator. If it's not for Ramondre Stevenson, who's, turning into a star, by the way. I mean, he might be a top five type back, and people don't speaking look at him of, that
0: way. Speaking of fantasy gaffes, who I didn't start, because I thought he was I crazy. didn't either, because I thought he was questionable. Right. Yeah,
1: 172. Right. I did the same thing. All my guys were already playing when I found out he was actually in the lineup. So anyway, but I feel for Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones is so frustrated, and if it's not for Ramondre Stevenson, I don't know if this team generates any offense at all. I mean, Jones looks like a total mess, and I'm not sure it's his fault. And
0: you can see his frustration and, Very and he's much so. vocal about it. And it's you know if it's obvious to us, I'm sure it's obvious in house. And and that, that is not a good situation right no. now with the New England Patriots. Uh, and unfortunately, they lost this one now at seven and seven. The Raiders six and eight after that thirty to twenty four win, unbelievable. Titans and Chargers let's talk about this one really All quickly right. Matt because uh, the Chargers win 17-14 over the Tennessee Titans again another seven and 17 but luckily for the Titans there in the south so that's good enough to be leading the division right now and not a team that's you know fighting for one of those wild card spots in the AFC although they might be if they continue to um to falter here down the stretch and now the eight and six Chargers putting themselves in a really good spot here in that AFC race getting the game up on all these seven and seven teams
1: yeah i'm becoming more and more of a believer they're currently in the playoffs if it were to end today and herbert's got his guys back on offense and starting to hum this was one of my favorite bets of the weekend though i got lucky and i pushed in the end but i thought the chargers were gonna roll and i gotta give the titans some credit for hanging around uh Tannehill was out for a little there i thought yep. for no chance did come back and you know went off on a cart Henry got his 100 yards. I mean, but, you know, Chig is starting to step up. But I I just don't know what to think of the Titans. I think they're consistently outkicking their coverage and that they can even hang around in games like this. And kind of like we mentioned, we, we've said this over and over about the Patriots and Titans. They tend to lose to the good teams and beat the bad teams. And there's something to be said for that. They're not a very talented team. They're very well coached. But uh, the Chargers are starting to roll a little bit.
0: Absolutely. The Chargers are starting to roll. They're getting hot at just the right time. Making a charge? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The atmosphere electric in. (laughs) Ah, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go Giants (laughs) Commanders. Speaking of wild card spots there. And uh, nearly they played to another tie here. Giants Commanders talking about the big drops in chances to make the playoffs after losing this game next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you do, you pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on that entry. If you're not in the playoffs, uh, like Matt and I were just talking about for a couple leagues, in fact, the Peacock and Williamson League, I am not in the playoffs, but there is a consolation bracket. Um, But if you're out of the playoffs in your year-long fantasy leagues, go play daily fantasy, and this is what's amazing about prize picks is there is tons of projections at prize picks so you can play fantasy every day that's why they call it daily fantasy you can pick two to five players on just about any sport and find those projections and decide if you want to go less or more than those projections at prize picks of course tons of nfl projections uh nba nhl pga golf you've got college football college basketball men's and women's soccer wnba esports, nascar tennis mma boxing disc golf cricket there's even more on there that I didn't mention. Tons of projections. You can play fantasy every day at prize Picks. Easy entries in less than 60 seconds. Safe and fast withdrawals. And currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So, download the Prize app or go to PricePix.com. sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks give you $100. If you deposit $50, you get $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at prizepicks for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Giants and Commanders. Matt. And this is another one that went from for the Commanders losing this game 20 to 12 by the way, the Road Giants winning and and really helping their chances 8-5 and 1 now on the season the Commanders still staying above 500 at 7-6 and 1. That tie is really going to help uh the Commanders and and the Giants, but even more so the Commanders I think in this case after losing this game and the playoff chances for both of these teams if they won or lost was going to go from basically 90% to 30 percent chance and so the the commanders still need to win some games and um this was kind of a fun game it was a close game uh it, it was cl- it was fun because it was close it wasn't fun because it was pretty because it was kind of an an ugly game uh, to be honest with you um i don't know if you have any takeaways and analysis from the actual game here or yeah. any, any takeaways from either one of these football teams after 15 weeks
1: um, I give Dayball all the credit in the world. I mean, to get this team to eight, five and one with the talent they have is remarkable. I mean, they play more six and seven defensive back formations than any team in the league. And my son who knows a ton about football for his age, I said, name me five giants, defensive backs. And he struggled, you know, I, I mean, and they still run out six and seven, these guys, I thought Daniel Jones played very well, despite not having great numbers. I thought they ran the ball well. Thibodeau was a monster, strip, sack, score. I mean, great. But I felt like the Giants just didn't lose it, and Washington did lose it. They had two big turnovers. I really thought Washington was playing better football, but that doesn't always result in a win. They had two big turnovers, and I hate to say it, but the end of the game was way too ref-influenced negatively for Washington. I mean, McLaurin goes up to the line of scrimmage, asks of the ref, am I on the line or not? Which is the ref's job, and then he throws a flag on him for not telling him the right information, and then the next play, uh, the, the receiver just gets draped, and they don't throw a DPI. Like it was two awful calls against Washington at a key comp- key time where you could have tied the game. So, in a way, I really feel for Washington, but I commend Dayball for getting the Giants to where they're at.
0: It's kind of every week you talk about the Giants. It's like, man, they're just well coached team, and they're yeah. they're out kicking their coverage in a way uh playing some some good football and staying competitive in games that they're losing and really competitive in this one and made fewer mistakes and came out with the W. So yeah. huge W in this game. I thought for sure it's gonna be another 2020 tie when the when the commanders got the ball back and it was twenty to twelve and uh if they score a touchdown, it looked like they were in, but it turned out they weren't in. And uh man, um But these are two very close teams. I don't think they're two teams that are ready to go anywhere when they get into the playoffs, but the Giants now have a really good shot at it, and the Commanders still have some work to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, they really do. But uh, again, I feel for the Commanders because they deserved better than this.
0: Uh, Quick notes on some other games here. Justin Fields, another electric run for the Bears, and the Bears staying competitive here and and had a shot at the Eagles. The Eagles barely got out of Chicago with the 25-20 win.
1: Yeah, Bears really hung around. Fields is hard to play against. That's another team that just isn't super talented. And I didn't look at this one the same way I did Chiefs Texans. I mean, I think Chiefs came out sleepy, unexcited, you know, and finally put the nail in the in the Texans' coffin. Yeah. Where this one, I thought the Bears were basically they're equal for a half, but couldn't stick around for a full sixty minutes.
0: Two games in a row, though, for the Texans to cover a number and, and make things difficult on their opponents that they eventually lost to.
1: I, I want the practice squad. I need a little help. Some of you Texans fans, can you enlighten me? Is this team getting better? Are they? Are you have a little bit of encouragement? I've tried to ignore the Texans at all turns, and I definitely didn't watch a ton of this one. But the last two weeks, you know, makes an eyebrow raise, and I'd, I'd like some help here. You know, or I mean, guys like Stingley and Cooks and Pierce aren't even playing.
0: And one last note here, congratulations to Falcons rookie quarterback, Desmond Ritter, on his first NFL start. Uh, it wasn't an, an amazing start, and the Falcons started very slow in this game, came back, made it close, but it was the New Orleans Saints in the end that, uh, that took the victory.
1: Tomorrow's going to be Twitter Tuesday. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this awful division. Somebody has to win it. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of who's the best team in the South.
0: 3.7 yards per pass for Desmond Ritter, by the way, but he didn't throw any interceptions, so right uh, uh very close to the best and offensive game plan again for arthur smith's the panthers lost and they weren't really in that one you know bad all right we got to get out of here thanks everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen back tomorrow twitter tuesday hit us on twitter with your questions before the holiday